This program was produced by and first broadcast on Radio Kidnappers, a community access media station. Thanks to New Zealand On Air for making this type of programming possible. You're listening to Radio Kidnappers, the voice of Hawkesbury. This is a program called Dispute Solutions, and it's my pleasure to have in the studio today Megan Williams, who is the uh, director of Dispute Solutions right here in Hastings. Is that we are? You're director, you're the head honcho. Yes, although, <laughs> although Elizabeth Phillips, um, she works under our umbrella. She's based in Taupo and she only does ACC, whereas um, my qualifications are all dispute resolution, which is mediation, arbitration. Um, ACC law, HR, human resource management, and employment law. And I also do family dispute mediation, so all sorts of dispute resolution. But So there are two of us that work in the Hastings office. Elizabeth comes through to Taupo from time to time when she has clients here. Um, Then we also have my daughter Catherine, who's in Auckland. She has an HR business, and she also um, has ACC clients that she refers to me from Auckland. In fact, we get ACC clients referred from all around the country because it can be done by Zoom nowadays. Indeed. uh, Well, yeah, we were just talking about before we came to where that's the norm now, isn't it, for a lot of people that you talk on the phone or on a computer. Yeah. Now, we've got a, a specific topic today we're going to talk about. We're going to talk about discrimination or sexual harassment in the workplace. But before we get there, um, here we are, you know, two years down the track. We're still being uh, inundated with uh, it's COVID-19. Every time you turn around, it's COVID-19. It's, it's, nothing else exists except COVID-19. Has this um, cast a pull over the um, employment sector and employees having problems Yes, I have had a lot of, I've had to, I have to redo employment agreements Mm -hmm. and put a clause in where if uh, people go into lockdown, you know, how how the employer can protect themselves if if they can't afford to have staff any longer. Uh, because it's just a real minefield. It's yeah. not a true redundancy, and they don't want to let staff go, but sometimes they just simply cannot afford it because they've got no money coming in, and, you know, yes. <laughs> the logistics yes. with no money coming in, it's hard to get money going out. So, yes, we have had, we have a lot of... And then also people that won't don't want to be vaccinated, um, That and, and often in the businesses that I have, which are often contractual, you know, they're contracting their services to people, um, well, then the people they're contracting their services do not want to have people on the premises that aren't vaccinated Absolutely. for some reason. And so um, that means that they the employment has to be terminated, and that can be very complicated. Um, trying to, you know, we have to give them an opportunity. We have to do an analysis of the premises to make sure that um, they are having contact with people. But if you've got a client that says, I do not want anybody on my premises that is not vaccinated, well, as a contractor, there's mm. nothing you can do about no, it because indeed. you don't have any work. Yeah, exactly. Uh, pandemics and the like, uh, they're, they're probably going to be in every contract moving forward. Are they umbrella under Act of God, or do you still use that terminology today, Act of God, in um, contracts? Well, there used to be something called a force majeure, which mm. is in the contracts usually, and that's when something happens that's through no fault of really of anybody's. Mm. Um, well, then, yes, you can, because it's a flood you can imagine a, a, a retail outlet, say mm. in the main street of Hastings, there's a flood, say, or like when it, what happened in Napier, and you just simply can't open the doors. Yes. Uh, and so that comes a point, until you can open the doors again, that you would have to keep paying staff, and if you can't afford it, because you're not getting the money coming in. Obviously, people like to be insured for things like that, but there are certain policies that won't cover acts mm. of God. So the, the, it is a bit of a minefield. But... I would recommend people, because of what's happened through COVID, 
Um, I, when I've been redoing people's employment agreements, I have been putting quite a comprehensive clause in there because it's important that everybody knows what the hang's going on. And at the end of the day in employment, the employment agreement is the Bible. Yes. So that's what they both parties can rely upon. And so um, obviously if you've got a good business and there's a pandemic and you can't open your doors and you... Um, you can't pay your staff. Well, obviously, you don't want to dismiss those staff, and you don't want your business to close mm. down. And so you're you're all on the same page trying to make things happen. So I, I don't know that it, that it would really be abused getting rid of people that you don't no, want because it's quite obvious whether your business is open or whether it's shut or whether it's making money or whether it isn't. Yeah, is it a minefield for someone like yourself who has to make up contracts and you know, to think, geez, have I left anything out or is there a clause that covers anything that you might have left yeah, out? Yeah, it is. It is a minefield. You've got to be really, really careful. Um, that I've been doing what we call COVID, con- COVID policies for businesses, but it's just changed so much. Mm. You, you know, when you think two years ago, as now we've got different strains of, of the yeah. um, COVID variant. And so it's it's really hard to keep up with all these. When I look at some of the documentation that I downloaded to advise people on um, even three or four months ago, and I, I looked at it because I was going through, you know, clearing my desk, and I thought, well, this is out of date already, yes. even though that was something that I was going and talking to employers about. Um, so, yeah, so things change. What will happen in the future? I, I see that the UK and uh, perhaps Scotland um, have decided that they're going to live with it, that it's going to be business as usual, and they're going to open the doors, and uh, it's business as usual. Will that then change the contracts that were obviously put in place last week or last month? Well, it month may or? well be um, business as usual, but if you've got a business that the people that you're contracting to will not have anybody on the premises that is not vaccinated, mm. well, you know, it's their prerogative who they have to do provide their goods and services. And so that won't make any difference, will no. it? Whether, whether the government True. says, look, we're just going to get on with it, um, unless the government legislated and say you cannot stop somebody coming onto the premises if they're not vaccinated, you cannot, if they put that as being discrimination, yes. well, then that would be different. But at the moment, and I doubt whether the public would, would um, I don't, I'm not sure, I mean, who knows? Yeah, who knows exactly? But at the moment, it, you, you just simply, um, it, you know, it's not, it's not the case. Which is a good segue into something that caught my eye when I was uh, trolling the web the other day, knowing that you were coming in. And I, someone popped up and said, common workplace conflicts. And it listed four or five or six uh, common workplace conflicts. And I thought, well, what better person to talk to than you? And heading up that list was, uh, coming up at number one, was discrimination, not only um, discrimination as we might know it already, but yes, discrimination with COVID that we're... Could, could it be that an employer is discriminating someone who's enacting their right not to be vaccinated? Are they discriminating against no, that I've person? Had, I have had that. Mm. I've, and I, I wrote a letter for somebody just recently because they felt that they were being discriminated against. Now, what does the word discrimination mean? It yes, means that exactly. you're being treated different to everybody in a detrimental manner. Now, um, in that letter, I explained that, that this person had been treated badly. And, you know, if they'd suffered humiliation, loss of dignity and injury to feelings, and if they feel they've been disadvantaged in any way, well, then that's the grounds for a personal grievance. Mm. And so whilst they are, you know, whilst the employer can say, look, I'm sorry, we haven't got a job for you because all our premises need to have people on that are vaccinated and you're not vaccinated because that's your choice, mm. we will give you a month yeah. to 
go through that process, like get your first injection and your second injection, um, and so you give them notice, and they've got that month to, to take that action if they want to, um, and if they still choose not to, um, well, then they can be dismissed. Mm. However, they've got to do it in a procedurally fair way. You cannot, and what has happened in this case was the people were being nasty. They were literally sending them nasty texts. Mm. They were... Um, and, and they shouldn't have to. Nobody should no. have to put up with that. And so it's a it's a very tricky one. Now the courts really haven't got any case law on that yet, on how. Um, and I'm not sure what this one will go. I've written the letter saying, "Hang on a minute. Whilst you're allowed to do this, you're not allowed to um, cause the person humiliation, loss of dignity, and injury to feelings." And this person felt very strongly mm. that they did suffer those things. And so we'll, I'm I'm not sure how it will go. We'll no. just, so the first thing we'll do is um, I've asked for them to settle and I haven't heard back from them and, and so the next thing we'll go to mediation. Now if they don't choose to go to mediation we would then lodge the Employment Relations Authority and they would be forced to go to mediation and so that would be interesting as to how um, if it does, doesn't does settle at mediation and goes to the authority what the authority member would rule. If they did settle, would that create a precedent? Being, I mean, No, not a mediation settlement that never creates a, set, a, a precedent mm. because it's confidential. Once it goes to the Employment Relations Authority, yes. That's when it's a precedent. But is it fair and reasonable in this day and age for someone to raise personal grievance when the, everyone knows, unless you've been living in a box for the last two years, everyone knows that they should be getting vaccinated or they should realise that there will be no job for them. So... Are they sort of... Um... Well, that's right. And I think that this person did realise that. That was the choice they'd made. But what they didn't want was to be treated like crap. Mm, yes. <laughs> they didn't want people to sort of be nasty to them, um, you know, um, yeah, not treat them with respect, not respect their, their thoughts, if that's mm. how they felt. I think, you know, it's hard to say now, but I think we, we all know people that haven't. We all... Yes. Um, feel rightly or wrongly that you know we think they're silly or you know or if we're one of those people we think that the other people are silly you know yeah. but by the same token especially in this country we um we should respect their wishes mm-hmm. now i've got a granddaughter that's not vaccinated but she's more than welcome in my house i Absolutely. don't think she puts me at any more risk no. at all in fact i'd probably put her at risk um because she's not protected yes, so you indeed. know i would certainly um you know i embrace her just as much as whether whether she was vaccinated or whether she wasn't i don't think it's a good idea but that's just my personal idea personal is discrimination in the workplace um the norm or is it rare in this day and age in, in, in any form um well yes no it's it is subjective isn't it i mean a person will come to me and they'll say i believe i'm being discriminated against um and i need to hear their story and then I will put another subjective opinion on it, won't I? I'll think, well, hmm. when do I think that they're being? For instance, say somebody um, feels that someone in the um, in the other side of the office is sort of raising their eyebrows, rolling their eyes when they talk, <laughs> yes. you know, all those sorts of things, um, when perhaps it, it is a comment about race or a comment about sex, being a woman or being a man, you know, or yeah. being a homosexual, sure. but all those sorts of things... Um, or, a person can perceive that they are being treated badly. And so when they come to my office, of course, I listen to their story. And then if I think, and sometimes, usually it'll be perhaps the things that somebody has said, and if they've said things that I believe a person shouldn't have to put up with, 
<laughs> and that's usually my criteria. You know, mm-hmm. what, if, if my criteria is usually, if that was my son, my daughter, my mother, my father, my brother, my sister, would I be upset by that, hearing that that happened to them? Mm. And, and I know it's a funny sort of criteria, yes, but that's, that's the level that I sort of think, if I was, if that person was my son or my daughter, would I recommend that they took a personal grievance? And that's, you know, that's sort of the level that I, I, yeah. that I, I look at. And if I think, well, no, that's just jolly well unfair. That's they've obviously got a hang up about this person yes. because of their because of their race or because of their mm-hmm. um, sexuality or whatever. And no, they don't have they shouldn't have to put up with that. Yeah. And I've had some interesting cases. I know I had one once where this woman just felt that this this chap was really really, but he was very clever, and she felt that he was really it was sexual harassment in a very subtle way, and um, she took it and we and we went and had a discussion with the. Um, employer and um, he said he'd watch out the employer said that they'd watch da 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 and it was really interesting because a couple of years down the track this per- they found that this person had been this guy had been putting cameras in the back of the t- wow. toilet and I mean he was his pers- he, he was he was real <laughs> deviant and of course she came back to me she said see I knew that the, you know she yeah. she just had that feeling but you know often it's proving it and in a case like sexual harassment like that I mean you just you know how they're sometimes very subtle and, and, and you sometimes can't prove it. But um, racial discrimination, sexual orientation, um, or just, you know, g- girly jokes, mm-hmm. you know, things yeah. like that. A person should be able to get up in the morning, go to work, and not feel that they're being got at in any way. Absolutely. And especially if, if it's their ability to do a job, an employer must not just badmouth them, they must treat it in a positive way. And in the employment agreements, you'll see where that, um, that they can... You know, do a first warning and, and mm-hmm. give a person what we call a um, performance management program. If they're not measuring up, if they're not good enough, they need to be helped by the employer. The employer needs to say, "How can we help you get up, get mm. just up to standard, etc." And so, um, there are proper ways. And as I say, the employment agreement is your bible, and that's what you adhere to. Who is the onus on to prove discrimination? Well, when you take an employment a personal grievance there's three sorts of personal grievances um, one is a person is disadvantaged in the workplace and the employer has to prove that they haven't been disadvantaged the second one is an unjustified dismissal and the employer has to prove that it was justified the third one is a constructive dismissal now in a constructive dismissal the employee has to prove. So the onus of proof changes over to the other side. Mm. And they have to prove two things. One, that they were put in a position where they had no other alternative but to leave. And the second thing is that the employer knew it. So if a person comes to me and I think that they are being pushed out subtly, they're experiencing a constructive dismissal, then I write the employer a letter and say, you know, this is what's happened. We believe that this this person could be experiencing, could possibly be experiencing a constructive dismissal. Yes. This is the behaviours that we want to stop. And if they don't stop, well, then obviously, the thing is, you've got to prove that the employer knew it. So what I do is I tell them. <laughs> yes, and indeed. when it's in writing, well, then, and then if the behaviour continues, um, well, then the onus is on, you know, you can prove those two things. One, that you're put in a position. And so you stand back, and again, I think, if that was my daughter, yep. son, you know, would, would I want to be leaving? And if the answer is yes, I would. I wouldn't be able to stand for that. And the second thing is, does the employer know that? Yeah. And I make sure they've been told. 
some of the subheaders that I looked at in, uh, when we were looking at uh, harassment, be it sexual or otherwise, and discrimination, some of the subheaders were disability, uh, race, sex, age, religion, politics. Now, I thought to myself, um, there's nothing in there that I wouldn't discuss here on a, on a daily basis. Does it, does it really mean that um, you have to be very careful about what you say? I mean, you know, I, I might be a, a lefty or a righty. And you might be the opposite, and then we start discussing, and I say, oh, well, you know, you're totally wrong. Your, your government's done this, your government's done that, and all of a sudden, hmm, is that but harassment? Yes, or? If I'm working for you, and then you don't, you don't invite me to the Christmas party and you invite everybody else because I'm sure. a certain race or, I, or I'm too old, or you, they all go out and, and you know, do a, a, a staff trip, or um, certain people get offered the, offered the opportunity to have further training, or um, they get in a, um, they get given promoted. You know, so all those sorts of things are much more subtle. It's nothing about your everybody's allowed to have of their course. opinion, but if you are, harass, but are they really? You're just it's nag, 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 you nagging yeah. someone and saying, you know, and it's just like the one I used about about the. Um, Vaccinations, you know, it was all right. It's all right for them not to be sure. vaccinated, but it's not all right for people to send you nasty texts, no, ring up not. your home, send you nasty letters, you know, bad mouth you to everybody, etc., etc. That you know, and making your life miserable. That's not accepted. And so all those things, you know, age is one where um, people sometimes come to me and say Ageism. that they feel they've been, yeah, yes. they've been discriminated because of their age. And I mean, often with that sort of thing, as you talk about it, for instance. An employer will often say to the person, "Now, when are you thinking of retiring? Yeah, you know, what are your long-term plans?" And I think there's a way you can do that. And uh, I mean, when people are doing their five-year strategic plan in a business, they do want to know what a person's, um, you know, plans yeah. are. And often, older people nowadays, especially, will want to work longer and longer and longer because they can't. If, perhaps if they've got a mortgage on that, and they and they've. They're, they can't live on $400 a week. Right. So, you know... <laughs> and I think if you ask that question, though, you feel threatened. That's right. Because you, you think, oh, they so want So it's how you ask it, isn't it? Yeah. And, I mean, if you if you were taken into a, a room with everybody and, and so look, we're, looking, we're looking at a, our long-term plan, you know, we're, we're going to be asking you these questions about what your plans are. Are you planning on staying with the company or da 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 And would you want further training? And, you know, as long as that person's... in Included, but if they're separated out and saying, "We see that you're 65 next year. Yeah. Um, are you going to be leaving when you're 65? Because mm-hmm. then you feel as if oh, yeah, they want me to leave. Me. Yeah. Um, so it's how you say. It. But if you if you say, "Look, um, we're looking to at our five year plan. We've got some plans for you. Uh, do you how, how do you see yourself? Do you think that that, that will work in for you? You know, in a positive way. So there's it's just ways to do it, yeah. isn't it? I wonder though, I mean, that's a good point there. Let's just keep going on about ageism a little bit. I mean, what do you say to someone though that you, you might decide that you're, you want a bit of a new look for your company, that you, you know, you don't want old fellas hanging around forever? Um, how do you address that when you say to well, someone. People will often get rid of dead wood when they restructure, unfortunately. You, be, you will not, might not be dead wood though, you might just be very smart but old. Oh, well, that's right. Well, that's more full of business, aren't they? Because yes. if they're going to lose somebody who's very, very skilled. And you'll often find that I get it so often where you put it, they put a new manager and he wants his own people. So he'll come and make it very difficult for a lot of people um, that, have, that have been there for years mm-hmm. because they'll want to make their mark. They got quite on really well with the previous manager, but for some reason there's been a restructure and a new manager's come in and wants to sweep everything clean and wants to have their men there or their women there. Yeah. And that can really cause trouble. I get a lot of work from that because. It's very subtle, 
um, the, the new chap comes in or the new woman comes in and sort of tries to rule the roost to make mm-hmm. their mark. And it can be very uncomfortable for the people that have been there for years. And it can often really change the culture of the organisation. And that culture is very, very important to have a happy culture. You get a much more productive workplace. But sometimes, by saying, in the same token, you'll get a culture where people are quite set in their ways, yep, you know, sure. and they've just been wandering along there for years. It's not very, the productivity could probably be doubled. In fact, this new manager thinks it can be doubled. But, you know, you've got to, it's, a good manager will get that happy medium where the staff are happy, but also there's the good productivity. But sometimes you'll get, you'll up the productivity, but you'll be, have very unhappy staff yeah. and you'll lose them. But then often they don't mind if they're lost. You see, they'll want to get their own men in. Yes. So it's very sort of... And I see that a lot. Yeah. You wouldn't believe how often this comes when you, up. When you restructure to get rid of Deadwood, as you say, um, does the business have to be markedly different when it opens up again? Or otherwise, would you then, if it's not that different, would you then have grounds for a personal yes, grievance? you could. You could. You could. You've got to consult properly and you've got to have a real reason. The best reason is financial. Um, and and when this when the laws first came out, um, the unions were saying, "Well, we want to have a look at your box. You're restructuring. How do you, how do we know you're not making enough money?" Mm. And legally, you're allowed to do that. You're allowed. You've got to justify that restructure. You're not just allowed to do it on a whim. Um, and but and so the best reason for a restructure is is the productivity. Sure. But by the same token, you're allowed to have productivity. You know, if you want to make more money in the business, you are allowed to do that as well. Yes. So, but. If the jobs have got to complete, have got to change more than, I think it's twenty. That you know, more than twenty percent mm. has got to be changed. Often they will just to, to make more money. They'll often sort of put three jobs into two. Yes. And so because people often feel a bit disgruntled because they're doing someone else's, you know, doing mm. the one and a half jobs. Yeah. But it's all a matter of um, allocating the um, the tasks to the correct people. Often it's often it's been uh, the business has grown and changed, whereas. The jobs haven't. No. And you've mentioned the word several times in this talk, and you mention it every time we talk, is that we wouldn't have any problems, really, if we had good communication. Exactly. I think almost 100% of my yeah. job is communication. Apart from, I mean, ACC, that's um, the ones I win, obviously the communication has been wrong because they, they've made the wrong decision. But um, in that case, it's not so much communication. They just literally write a letter and say, no, we're not going to do that anymore. So what would your top tips be to um, employers and employees with regard to communication? I mean, should there be a process in place where um not every week, that's probably a bit out of line, but every month that you have a meeting and yeah. you know, open book. And you know, often the, my, the conflicts, there's just, there's just not that meeting. There's mm. not that, what they call tool, tool meeting. Yeah. Where, um, and a lot of, like instructions, things usually on a Monday morning, they'll sort of all set, they will meet. But often at those meetings, they don't have an opportunity to air any gripes. And, you know, the, the manager will be a bit too dismissive. You know, like, right, mm. right now, off you go, sort of thing. Yeah. Um, you always need to have an opportunity to um, have a two-way thing and listen. Listen. The listening. You know, communication is not only talking, it's also listening. Yeah. So that's, a, that's a very important thing with regards to communication at the start. Should communication be uh, with everyone in place? I mean, uh, if we've got a, a staff of 20 and we say, okay, we're going to have a meeting and uh, it, it's open slather, let's have a chin wag and you know, we want to put stuff right. If you've got a problem, let's hear about it. Well, you're supposed to, of course, have, have these what we call reviews, employment mm. reviews. Now, in employment agreements, I either have that you have six monthly reviews or annual reviews. Um, some organisations, of course, get, you, you have an opportunity, like, 
this organisation, yes. for instance. I mean, you and I can talk at any time yeah, we want absolutely. to. So therefore, we're not so religious about definitely on on the mm. twelve month thing having that. You yeah. know, because I know that you, because of our communication, yeah, of course, yeah. you'll come and tell me if there's a problem. Hopefully, you will. Yeah, I would. But some um, some organisations, you know, there's a much more hierarchical structure, yeah. and it isn't so easy. And so you've and a good employer will always have a little that they, they they often say we've got an open door yeah, policy right. and, and often it's no more open door than flight at the moment because yeah, the moment somebody exactly. goes through that open door they get you know growled at yeah so you've just got to you've got to listen and it's all about and a lot of it's the, the um it's just some people are really good people people and some people aren't yeah but it's also that's cheap cheap talk isn't it that you say look we've got an open door because employees are very nervous about going to talk to the boss. Well, and and bosses often don't like criticism. Yes, that's right. Yes, that's right. <laughs> and um, and that's fine. Um, but but by the same token, an employee doesn't always know the bigger picture, so therefore can't necessarily. Yep. They've got to listen too. So criticize, criticize, sure. criticize. You drive around in a great big flash car. You know, you get you often get that. Well, they've got plenty of money because they've just bought this new yeah, car. You exactly. Know? So. Yeah, you, it's just human nature. I mean, it's it the same. All right, out of time, can you believe it? Uh, just to remind our listeners, we want uh, any help with um, any industrial or workplace problems. We come and see you uh, as an employer or an employee, first in, first best, best dressed. How do we get hold of you? Well, 06 Now, our office, although I'm not there all the time because I'm out with clients, is across the road from Bed Bath & Beyond and the Baby Factory at Suite 2, 115 Avenue Road East, or you can email me on megan at disputesolutions.co.nz. One S in the middle, one S at the end. Good on you, Megan. My pleasure, as always. Look after self. Talk to the same time, same place next time. Okay, take care, Ken. Bye. This program was produced by and first broadcast on Radio Kidnappers, a community access media station. Thanks to New Zealand On Air for making this type of programming possible.